Did your mom ever tell you, make sure you wear your sunscreen or you'll catch shin splints? No? Mine neither. But if you stick around, I'll help you heal and or prevent your shin splints by using a sunburn analogy. If you're still listening at this point, welcome back to the Omega Sports Learn to Run podcast. My name is Dr. Matt Minard, pronounced my nerd, rightfully so, and I am tickled to be your host. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you valuable information that you can immediately apply to help you run safer first and then more often. So this is the fourth episode, but this is the first time where you guys vote and pick on the topics. If you are following me on Instagram, learn.2, number two, run at learn to run. That's where you can find the voting. Every two weeks, I put on my story, top three topics, and you guys vote. Thank you guys for voting. Over 300 people voted. And if you're not on Instagram, that's okay. You can uh, shoot me an email and we'll have that in the show notes too. So The winner was shin splints. Shin splints. Let's dive right into it. Shin splints. What is shin splints? On the most basic definition, the most basic definition is shin splints is merely a bone bruise. We say that again a bone bruise. And you ask, what what is a bruise? We all know what a bruise is. We've all had bruises before, but what's Let's give an example. Let's define it with two different examples. Because at the end of the day, a bruise is a form of injury. Here's situation one. You're out playing soccer, football in other countries. Believe it or not, we have listeners across the world. And you're going for a ball. The opposing team's going for a ball. They kick, whiff, and smoke you in the shin right on the inside part. What do we call that? Well, it hurts, right? It's, it hurts like crazy. Fun fact, your shin, the reason why we wear shin guards is if you feel your kneecap and kind of walk your fingers straight down, do you feel how bony and ridgy and sharp that is? That's just your bone. It hurts like crazy and we wear shin guards. But what would we call that? What would we call that kick to the shin? It's a bruise, right? You can call that a traumatic trauma injury, a one-time incident. We know the cause, you got kicked in the shin. How can we say that shin splints for running is also a bone bruise? That's a traumatic injury. You got kicked in the shin. Rightfully so, you say, Matt, how can shin splints be a bruise while with running? I never, there was nothing that happened. I didn't get kicked in the shin. Well, my friends, physics and gravity. Episode two was all about gravity and how you can use it with you, not against you. But picture this with me. I picture the world at all in arrows, arrows and planes of motion. I know it's strange, but picture this. I'm standing up tall and I pick my foot off the ground and I stomp straight down. I, I drive my foot down to the ground. For every action, there is an equal and 
opposite reaction. Let's say when I stomped down, I gave it 50 pounds of, of force. That 50 pounds arrow is coming right back up. The exact angle opposite that I just hit the ground is coming right back up at me. And so when we're moving forward, when we're running, when we're landing in such a way that that arrow is not going straight up because you're not jumping, that arrow, the direction of that arrow going towards your center of mass, it creates this little baby kick, just this tiny little kick to that in, inside part of your shin. Same spot that you got kicked with soccer was that it's like thousands of tiny little kicks. And we call this a repetitive injury, a repetitive or overuse injury. Same arrow, same direction of the force, but instead of it just being a one-time incident, like being kicked and causing a bruise, we're talking about repetitive, thousands of actual steps, thousands of little mini kicks towards that same part of the inside of your shin. And that's why we'll usually in the history, when we're talking to someone to see, is this truly shin splints? There's some sort of repetitive history, something that they're doing frequently. So, and that's why with shin splints, it's very common in runners. Let's take a step back. The, the word on the streets, the, the medical term, if you want to know the fancy term, I don't usually like using the fancy terms of words, but I feel like in this situation, it has some, some meaning and some direction. And in case you ever hear the term on the medical streets, you know what they're referring to. Shin splints is also known as medial tibial stress syndrome. Medial tibial stress syndrome, MTSS. Let's break that down. Medial means towards midline, towards the inside part of your body. Tibial, that's the bone. That's the main bone of your lower leg between your knee and your ankle. Stress, physical stress, not emotional stress. We're going to break that down. Syndrome, shin splints, medial tibial stress syndrome. I won't say that mouthful again. Let's break down that stress. It's not emotional or mental stress. We all know what that feels like. It's not pleasant. But what about physical stress? What is physical stress? The definition that we're going to use is load and or force. Physical stress means load and or force. And as always, I'm going to use an example. And hopefully that will make a lot more sense than me just saying those words. And before we go through into the example, I always like a good origin story. Where did they come from? Well, what is force? What produces force? Who are the parents? My parents are Dan and Anita. Danita is the, their celebrity couple name. They're not celebrities, but you get what I'm saying. What produces force? It's gravity and physics. Gravity and physics combine to make force. They make force. And this will hopefully make some more sense later, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Let's go back to that, that stress, that load or force, all the same thing. We're just loading an object, and we're talking about your body. Here's the example. 
Think about your right foot and think about the arch or the bottom part of your foot, the arch of your foot. When you're in bed, when you're horizontal, how much load is going through your arch? Not a lot, right? You're horizontal, you're not weight bearing, you're not putting it through the ground. But then what changes as you go from being horizontal in bed to that first step on the ground, when you put your foot on the ground, we are loading your foot. That's an example of load. Then it begs the question, is all force or load created equal? Is all load, same example. With that getting out of bed, how much force? The higher the bed, the further you're going to come down to the ground, the more stress, the more force. What is the speed of force? How quickly? Some days it's so hard getting out of bed. It's one of those you just barely like getting into a cold pool. You just put the toe in then you say, no, not yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then you barely put your, your foot down versus some days you just boom, you literally jump out of bed. The speed, there's differences in the speed of force or stress. And then also how often? How often are we experiencing that stress or that force? Ideally, you only get out of bed once per day. What if you did it 10 times in a row, 100 times, 1,000 times in a row? That's why frequency helps us. And, and why am I asking all of these questions? Why does this matter? Why are these factors important? Well, here it is. There's a limit of how much stress you can take before breakdown. Let me say that again. There is a limitation in the amount of stress or force that you can take before breakdown, aka an injury. An injury. There's a limit. Example, think about clothes. Have you have you ever torn or split your pants? That's an example of too much force, more than the tissue could handle. And if you've split, I, I don't know about you, but I've done it. Always seems like it's at the worst possible time. And in a previous life, let's just say I was, I was thicker. I was a little bit more insulated. And I'll never forget, I was 19 years old, actually working as a physical therapy aide back in the day. And one of the therapists said, hey, Matt, do you want to help lift this? Hydroculator, it was just like a freezer thing into the back of a truck. I was like, yeah, I, I lift, I'm strong, I'm whatever. I got nothing else to do. I go out and I bend down and you just that rip. You hear it one time and you just know, you just automatically know. And the first thing that goes your, through your mind is like, should I get up? Should I stay here? Is everything okay? What, what happened? And of course, it always seems like you're wearing, at least me, that day, if you could have said, Matt, what is the worst possible boxers that you could be wearing? That was the day. That was the day to split them. It was, you know how you get close to laundry time? You're like, when do I do laundry? Oh, you get down to the, the, the last pair of, of boxers or briefs that you have, and you don't really like them, but you're desperate. Well, that's what I was wearing. They were hearts, valentines your mommy loves you kind of a thing. And it was terrible. But here's the good news. Unlike your clothes, your body can heal itself. 
Isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts to think about? Your body can heal itself. It's it's not like I could just close my eyes and, and suddenly the, the rip in my pants would come back together. No, I had to go home. I had to change. But your body, if we have an injury or a stress or a tissue breakdown, your body can heal. Your body can heal. Now to the much anticipated analogy that shin splints is like a sunburn. Stick with me. And this will help when I've got three case examples, little mini cases later of some of the most common patients that would come in that would have shin splints and key pieces of information that will hopefully spark in you a, oh, I didn't think about that and allow you to heal this bad boy, allow you to heal yourself. Again, shin splints is like a sunburn. What causes a burn? The sun. Too much sun. Too soon. Just like what we talked about, what causes a bruise? Too much load. Too much stress. Too much force. Too soon. An injury is an injury. If it's a burn, a burn is a type of injury. A bruise is a type of injury. And we can break it down further to say what tissue, and just think back in, back in the day in science class, tissues are just a buildup of a bunch of cells that work together to make tissue. So tissues could be your bones, your muscles, your ligaments. It's all tissues. Too much sun or UV light too quickly can cause an injury, being a burn to your skin. Well, with the shin splints, with this bone bruise, too much loading too quickly can cause a bruise, a bruise to your bone. Just keep that in the back of your mind. We will come back to that, and I hope it makes this allows us to make so much more sense, and then you can apply this to your day-to-day. Let's break it down just a teeny bit further. You've got a sunburn. What do you do? How do you heal a sunburn? You do nothing, right? That's the best part. You just get out of the sun. What was the causation? Reverse engineer. And how can I allow my body to heal? Same with a bruise. That soccer kick. Luckily, we know the onset. It was a one-time thing. Hopefully, you don't get kicked thousands of times in the same spot. That'd be awful. Then it wouldn't be... Uh, unintentional, then it would be on purpose. But with if we're not addressing the stress or what's causing the shin splints, it, it can last a long time. It can. So by knowing the cause, we can better allow for healing. And so this leads me to my, my favorite quotes of all time. If you've seen me in the clinic at some point, this is kind of, you could say, my philosophy, and I truly believe it that your body has an amazing capacity to heal. It just has to be in the right environment. That's all. As a PT, just your body's tour guide. I'm not healing you. You're creating an environment that allows you to heal. Because here's, here's the crazy. This is the, the hard truth. We can't speed it up. We can't speed up healing. Yes, everybody heals at different rates but we can absolutely slow down healing. If I'm in the sun 
and I get it, I'm out there too long, it's a high UV index day, I get a bad burn, and what if I just go out in the sun again later that day, the next day, every single day, I'm just going in the sun. It can take a long time to heal. Sometimes I'll also use the analogy of if I have a cut on the back side of my hand versus right on my knuckle, same cut, same depth, same everything, are they going to heal at the same exact rate? Usually not. And why is that? If I'm bending and gripping, and especially if my job involves a lot of, of gripping, that wound can just keep reopening. Yes, you could have a sunburn or shin splints, a bone bruise, last for months if you don't identify and go after the causation. Here's where we go into three examples, three common cases, if you will, of three different humans that each have shin splints, same type of pain, same location, but different causes. How can we, again, create the optimal environment to allow the tissues to heal? So first person, and what this is how it works in the clinic. This is what's fun about it. You come in and you say, I say, hi, what's up? How are you? Good. Well, not so good. You're here. Tell me what's up. And they say, my shin hurts. Well, there's a lot of things that can cause shin, shin pain. I might say, okay, is there anything that is new or more? Let me say that again. Is there anything in that patient's history when I'm asking them, is there anything that's new or more? And if you're a clinician listening, you, you understand this. It, we have to kind of be gentle. It's funny. People get defensive. Maybe it's how we ask, but we start asking questions like, you done anything new lately? They're like, no, absolutely not. No, there's no way. No. And then slowly either that session or the next time it's the, oh, I did start playing golf for the first time ever. Do you think that has something to do with this? Yes, I do. But I, I don't want to make you feel uh, less than. So what's, thanks for telling me the information, but the patients always have the answers. We just have to pull it out of them. Back to detective mode. First case of shin splints, we have Pandy Andy. He's a 29-year-old male, works at home now. And there's probably a lot of you listening that can relate. He was working in the office, he works for the bank, and he's working from home. And there's a lot of good things that he likes about working from home, but it's a big, it's a big change. A year goes by, two years go by. And he had a job that wasn't super physically demanding, but it was in the city. He had a park far away. He had to walk. He was, he lost some activity. He lost some of his typical loading throughout the day. And so a year goes by and he realizes he's gained some weight. A lot of us can relate. There's less movement, tough times, and he gained some weight. So he's motivated. So what did he do? Like a lot of us, he started running. He started running to try to lose weight. But if we ask ourselves, what is new or more? That's one answer. And the answer is not don't run. And we'll get there. The second factor that we have to think about is with the weight gain. It's been shown that around one pound, either way, you gain it or you lose it can affect your knee, which is a little bit higher than your shin, times four. And let's say you 
lose four pounds and you walk a mile. That adds up to about 48,000 pounds of stress, either less or more if you've gained or lost. So when we're keeping in mind, what is the causation? The more that we know, the more that we understand what's going on, the better we can understand, relate, and treat, and create that environment to allow them to heal. And so we looked at his running mechanics, and of course, without ever working on it, it doesn't just happen. He was bounding when he was running. He was combining jumping and running. And what do we do? What do we do for for Andy? Do we tell him just don't run? No, I would never tell him that. It's what can we do? What can we think about if we know this is too much too soon, too much loading, too much stress? We know that running is part of that. What can we do to change? He's got a lot of sun exposure. How can we give him some shade, some good shade throughout the day? or sunscreen or protection. With the running, maybe we get him on a run-walk program. A run-walk program, what that allows us, it's like going out in the sun and then three minutes and then going in the shade for three minutes or two minutes or one. But that allows for some recovery. Doing a run-walk program, not just saying, hey, don't go out in the sun. That's not what we're saying or don't run. Let's just mix it up a bit. Let's be strategic. Let's do ratios where in the beginning, you're only running for 30 seconds. And then for 90 seconds, you're walking. Let's do that for eight rounds. How did that go? Okay, let's slowly build from there. And so I would, with Pandy Andy, that's something that I I would implement with him. The weight gain is a whole nother story. It's something that it doesn't, you can... We blame, I don't, but people will blame a lot on weight and it's weight gain. It just changes. It just amplifies. It doesn't cause uh, problems or issues. It can just amplify, but I want to support him in that. And that's all I'm going to do is I'm going to support him and his goals for the weight gain, but just knowing and telling him to motivate, keep doing what you're doing because all injuries are temporary. All injuries are temporary. It's a matter of when, not if it's going to heal. Again, how can we create the environment to allow him to to heal? I want to support him. I want to tell him that statistic that I just told you of losing weight, of how much less stress that can be for his shins, how much less padding, how much less sun exposure. And then the bounding, episode one, where I talked about your tight calves and Without proper training, we mix jumping and going up and down instead of gliding or being horizontal. And by going after his mechanics, we uh, can use that opportunity of those 30 seconds that you're running. Let's think about your form. Let's not be crazy about it. And we'll have a link. I have a free online course about a tennis ball necklace experience, I call it. And it's where I teach you how to make a tennis ball necklace with a shoelace and a tennis ball. And what that does is it, it modulates, it's your, your jump detector. When you're running, if you're jumping or bounding, it's going to go up and down. The ball is going to hit you. By giving the cue of, hey, let's try to keep that ball movement as minimal as possible. Can we change your mechanics in such a way that that ball is moving as minimal as possible? It will move. That's an example of reducing that stress, reducing that UV index where 
Maybe it was a 10 on the UV index ray of the sun. Maybe we make it a seven or a six. And when we're talking about these repetitive or cumulative injuries, small percentages add up, add up. That was, that was for Andy. We addressed the run walk for the running, broke it up into intervals. I supported him in his weight gain, his weight loss journey by giving him some statistics and some information. And then we went after his bounding. Not only do we support the running, but can we do it a little bit less frequency, not take it away, and can we do it a little bit safer? Pandy Andy. Next up, we have Super Mom. That's her name. She is a super mom. 34-year-old female. She has like six kids. She does it all. She is all over the place. And you just ask, how can somebody like this get shin splints? She's she does everything. There's nothing, nothing new, right? We ask, is there anything new or more? And she's a runner. That hasn't changed. We go through the list. We're like, nothing really from an activity standpoint has changed, but there's two clues that we find out. And that's why the more that we know, the better we can understand. If nothing has actually changed with her activity, is there anything else in her environment that's changed? Is there differences in the house, her, her chair, her cushion? Through chit-chat and uh, genuine curiosity, we found out that she had recently got new wood floors. She got new wood floors. And why does that matter? Well, we talked about uh, forces the parents are gravity and physics. Gravity is working on us at all times. It's loading it's going straight down she's spending more time on wood floors that are less forgiving less protection that can increase the susceptibility of loading and not only that she was being barefoot she liked being barefoot more combining wood floors with being barefoot was just enough to cause that bruise on her shins and the other thing that we didn't think that mattered, but it was important of note was that she, she, they rescued a dog. She had five kids. She just, it wasn't enough. She wanted more. She rescued a dog. We found out that she was going home at lunch every day and she was walking her dog more. What's the fix? What is the environment that we need to help change? Do we say get new wood floors? Absolutely not. And I'm glad you got that dog. Let's think, what can we change versus what can we not change and how can we do it differently? So as far as the wood floors goes, that's kind of easy. Think about where do you spend most of your time on those floors? Is it either by the sink or by the counter? Maybe in those places we put a cushion mat. Maybe it's pretty, maybe it's not. Depends on what your values are. Maybe you have an indoor shoe or an indoor slipper that has just a, a thin layer of coating of protection of cushion that protects you, that dampens that stress. Think of like wearing sunblock. And the thing about the dog, you're like, why does that matter? She's already running, but here's what we didn't talk about was that she re recently returned to the office. She's got a big job, but she, and I will never take this away from people, whatever they value, I want to help support but she still loves wearing heels, three-inch heels. She's come down, it's come down over the years, but she was so excited to finally dress up, go back to work, and wear heels. That's new, right? 
And she also, when she was coming home, she didn't have time. She was just walking the dog in those heels. Well, most heels, there's a reason why you don't see runners and long distance runners wearing heels. It's not advantageous. Let's just put it that way. We're not saying don't do it, but maybe the fix is you've got shoes, those house slippers that you have right by the door, or you have a walking shoe that has a little bit more cushion that it's not fashionable and you know that, and that's not the point of it, but you wear it and just when you walk the dog, that's it. And I like to think of this all as like debit and credit. What are we doing that's spending or stressing? And what are we doing that's paying us back or healing? And when we're not stressing it, being the bone, it's healing. So just keeping that in mind, how can we budget? How can we change this up? Just those small little changes could, can be enough, believe it or not, to be the difference maker, to get her back to being the super mom that she's always been. The next case is case number three. We have an eight-year-old male, and we call him three-sport Tommy. He is He loves being active. He loves sports. But through discussion with the parent, and if you're a parent listening, these are things to think of. It's always funny when you have a young person in. I have some had some like eight-year-olds that are more mature than I am in the history taking the subjective. And then there's some that just stare at me and then they just look at their parent. But anyways, here's the three clues that we found out with Tommy. And we'll break down what we did to change, to create that environment, to allow him to heal. Because he's a second grader. He shouldn't have to deal with this. The three things were the book bag, a new game at recess, and having old shoes. Let's go through that first one, the book bag. What is What does that change? If we're wearing a book bag and having a crazy amount of textbooks and weight in that bag, what does that cause? It causes more stress, right? More increase in that load, more sun exposure. So the answer there is one, What's the fit? Can we just look at them and see, does it look uneven? Do we have to have all those books in there? Do we not? I understand if you don't want to do the rolling thing, they'll be, Tommy, don't worry. They'll come an age where you don't care what you look like. If you have to roll a book bag, you're just going to roll a book bag because it feels better than just how cool it looks. You don't want to hurt. So don't worry, Tommy, you'll get there someday. The answer was, let's adjust the book bag and make it lighter. That's all. That was just one part of the day. Because if we think about it, of how many steps he takes a day or stands around waiting at the bus stop with that bag on, that can be enough. That can be uh, new, maybe not as much new activity, but more, more loading. But the next clue, that's where we get into what's new. We didn't know. There's a new game on recess. It's a, it's a brand new game, never heard of it before, called Hopscotch. It's funny how old games start to eventually resurface, just like hairstyles, like mullets. Do you guys see mullets are in right now? Anyways, he's been doing hopscotch. And what does that involve? Jumping. Jumping on one leg. Tons of jumping, and it's usually on the cement. So we're not saying don't play that, but let's see, Tommy, maybe on these days you can play that, and maybe on these other days you try a different activity. Let's find a new game that you can make together. Or if we can't change the surface, what can we change? 
the shoes, the protection, the barrier. I always talk about it's easier and cheaper to replace your shoes than your knees. Trust me. We don't know. It's something we don't think about. And even the best pair of shoes for him, that individual, the right amount of cushion and protection over time, life, gravity, physics, tissues, the material of the shoes, it will lose some of its ability to absorb shock and absorb impact. It's not your fault. Don't feel guilty. Go to one of the running stores and find the best shoe, the best fit for him. That's something that you can change. And those are the simple, those are the three, some of the most common ways that I have people that will come and see me in the clinic. I, I'm always trying to learn my demographics and learn who's listening. And so this is what I'm about to say is for my fellow clinicians out there, physical therapists, chiropractors, PT, anyone, anyone where your job is just helping people. This is for you. And if it's, you're not one of those people, you can tune out for uh, a couple minutes but I want us all to be better for you, the listener. My fellow clinicians, it is not my style to bring others down. I want to build all of us up. I'm guilty of some of the stuff I'm about to talk about. I am just as guilty as the next person. But I believe we can all, all clinicians, we can be better. Because let's face it, in my humble opinion, we have the best job in the world, just helping people. How And sometimes we're more successful than others, but our actual job is just helping people. It's amazing. Notice in these three examples that I had with shin splints, notice some of the things that we did not talk about and that we did not do. Some of the old school physical therapy, the old school recipes are let's stretch something or strengthen something. If you listen to the last episode, stretching or lengthening, what's that doing? That's putting tension through. It's a different type. Gravity is one type of compression, but stretching and tensile or pulling away is still forced. To someone that's trying to heal, would you stretch a cut or a sunburn? No, it hurts. Stretching was not a part of this directly. And strengthening, yes, the calves are weak, but is that the actual cause? Because you can have as much strength as you have enough strength to run and get kicked in the shin. It's still going to happen. You're still, no matter your strength, you can still have that. If we're strengthening something, to strengthen is to load and adding more weight to it. We just have to be careful and ask ourselves, are we doing this too much too soon? And what I'm not saying is don't stretch or don't strengthen, but allow the tissue to heal. Silent culprit noisy victim. The noisy victim is the shins. Maybe the silent culprit is partially with hip abductions weakness. You can work on that without putting stress through the shin. Be sidelining. There's a million ways. And that's what we do best is we can modify loading strategies and stretch. Maybe there is a hip flexor shortening. And maybe we do need to address that to allow the shins to take a little bit less of the stress. How can we stretch the hip flexors without putting load to the shin? So what I'm saying is being intentional and knowing what the true causation, because if they just keep going out in the sun every day, not wearing sunscreen, not getting shade, if they just keep running every single day and they don't, they don't understand what's causing it, 
we're, we're fighting a bear with a toothpick, as I like to say. So what are some other things we could do? We could change loading strategies, not just through exercises in the clinic and home exercise program, but we can teach them different loading strategies. And so think about with Pandy Andy. We went after, we addressed the bounding, the running. He was going up and down. If we can show him a way to move forward at faster speeds or running, being more horizontal than going vertical, think about how much less stress that would be through his shins. We don't need to dry needle the calves because they're tight or do soft tissue. There's definitely a time and a place for that. They're incredible tools, but we're trying to create independence, not dependence. Again, that tennis ball necklace is a strategy that you could do in the clinic. You could have them wear that on the treadmill. You could have them listen to the sound it makes when they hit the treadmill belt and say, hey, can we land softer? Let's pick a spot on the wall in front of you, eye level, and keep it in, in view and not go up and down. So there's, I'm not saying physical therapy in our profession does not have a place for treating shin splints, but we just take this as an opportunity to to provide that optimal environment to allow tissue to heal and then go after the causation. Again, let's not treat the symptoms. Let's treat the causation. All right, that's enough of that soapbox. So in summary, I want you to ask yourself, you either have shin splints now or you're trying to prevent them. Is there anything new or more? You don't have to say right away, but just think about that. Is there anything new or anything more. Next, you want to ask yourself, what are your negotiables and your non-negotiables? I would do this all the time with patients. What can we compromise with and what can we not? If someone's on a run streak, which I'm not at all saying that I support, but if that's important to them, it's important to me, what can we compromise on? Can we do uh, less distance, less time, less intensity? Can we work on your mechanics? What can we negotiate and not negotiate? Because again, we're just trying to budget. We're trying to budget load and impact with healing. When I'm in the sun versus I'm out of the sun. Out of the sun, I'm healing right away. When I'm not loading and stressing, I'm healing. And here's the best part even so, it comes back stronger. We can come back stronger and adapt to be able to withstand more load in the future. The other thing in summary that I'd say was set some dates and timelines. If someone says, I'll never say, hey, don't run for three weeks. If someone truly needs to shut it down, what can we do? Most of us, us, me included, we move for our mental health. What is a way I can still get to that same heart rate zone without that same amount of load or impact? Foot stays on the ground. Maybe biking, maybe elliptical, maybe arm bike. What can we do to put less stress through it? So setting dates and timelines of saying, hey, this isn't forever that I don't need to run, but let's give myself one week, one week of modifying behavior. And that's where a professional can help you. Coaches can help you to kind of dosage on getting back. This is important. This is something I've struggled with for a long time is off days, but taking recovery. Because as a lot of it's the off days is when we recover. That's when we see the benefits, but it's so hard. It's so hard to have an off day. So if this is what I think about, and hopefully it helps you. If I have a planned off day, 
meaning I'm not running, I'm not loading my tissues, I'm just letting myself mentally and physically heal. On those days, I think I'm actually healing. Every minute, every hour that goes by, I'm healing. That's productive. I'm not in the sun. I'm not loading the tissues. And those are days I'll try to work on my mental strength or my mental health and read. So I'm with you. It's so hard to take those off days. And I'm not saying don't do it. But can we just be do it with more intent or spend less, load less, if you know what I mean? And most importantly, what I want you to know and remember is that you are strong. Your body is strong. You can and will, will heal this. Like I said, injuries are temporary. It's a matter of when, not if. You are not broken. You do not need fixing. You just need to create an environment to allow yourself to heal. I want to thank my friends at Omega Sports. They have been keeping the Carolinas moving for over 40 years. I highly recommend checking them out locally or online. Of note, the views and opinions of this show do not reflect those of Omega Sports. For better or for worse, they are my own. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this show and the new format. Feedback is always appreciated. I always want to be better for you. If you want to vote on the next topics, you can follow me at learn.2.run, number two, or email at info at learn, the number two, run101.com, info at learn to run 101com If you're looking for training plans or that tennis ball necklace experience, you can visit my website, which will be in the show notes, but it's L2R, learn to run club.com l number two r club.com you can help support the show by telling literally everyone everyone subscribe share leave a glowing review all that stuff that helps us so much and we are so appreciative the omega sports learn to run podcast will soon be available on all major platforms until next time Bye.